And welcome into another edition of FRS Slam Radio. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner here with you. And what a topic we have for you today. Mainly because I'd like to toot my own horn because I wrote a story today for FRSlam.com. Chris, put yourself over again. That's what I do. I put myself over on this show. And I would like to discuss it here as a group. And basically the premise of my article, without getting too much into it, because I'd like you to please read the story at FRSlam.com, is we need to take another step with the women's revolution, Evolution. evolution... Whatever term we're using, there needs to be a next step. And the reason, the, the sort of uh, idea that kind of put this in my head and made me write these thoughts down was the WWE starting to sign some, some women's talent. They're bringing in some people from stardom. They are starting to recruit talent for the May Young Classic 2, which is going to film in August. There's a lot of movement, a lot of traction towards some big women uh, in the wrestling industry making their way to WWE. That's great. We should be excited because in today's, look, independent wrestling is, I think, undergoing a, a golden age right Absolutely. now. Yet there is sort of, they're behind the curve with the women's part of it. There's sure. not a lot of avenues for women uh, to wrestle right now, and, and WWE is, is at the top. So if you can get an opportunity to go to WWE and you're a woman wrestler, you should take it. That's why Asuka went to WWE to challenge herself. It's why Ronda Rousey made the jump from UFC to WWE. Uh, it's why a lot of people are making their way to WWE. So we should be excited when news like this happens, yet I feel we are almost reaching a breaking point of us looking oh, at... the pay-per-view. No, not the pay-per-view. Oh, that was a bad idea, by the way. Us looking at this news and saying, I should be excited about X person coming to WWE, but I'm no longer excited because I know they're going to not get used well in the main roster. Well, I think the way we're looking at this is it's not so much that WWE's intentions behind it, it's the fact that they've not really booked a compelling television show for a while, or at least not a fully compelling show, and as we've discussed on our radio show and on here a few different times, you need to have more substance to your women's division than just doing a bunch of firsts. The first Hell in the Cell, the first Royal Rumble, the first whatever. They're, you're running out of those options. Right. As you point out in your article, as we talked about before, you do have the first women to main event of WrestleMania option, which will be Charlotte Ronda Rousey, we both presume. You need more substance there, and they can do that. They don't have to do anything special. They literally just have to come up with better creative. The same thing they have to do for the men, which, by the way, they also need better creative for the men. And, too, and I pointed way. out in the story that that's the case. That this isn't just a isolated incident for the women's division. It, I think it's magnified now, because they clearly there's put in more effort for the the, the male division, right? And I, and I think this problem is more magnified because there's one title. That, yes. the, that the women on the show are chasing, where for the men, if you are a male superstar Monday Night Raw, in theory, there are three championships that you can go after. You can yes. go after the Tag Team Championships, you can go after the Intercontinental Championship, this is Raw that I'm speaking of, yeah. and then the Universal Championship. There's three different divisions that you can go in, and in, in inside those divisions, there's a different tier of superstar you're facing. With the women, everybody's kind of on the same playing field, so yes. when you have these separate feuds that aren't attached to the title sometimes they get forgotten those feuds either have to tell an amazing story or they have to be worth something and WWE kind of has this disconnect where the only thing that really matters in the women's division is the title picture and that's about it well I think the biggest way to look at that is like look at the way if you want to call it a feud the Sasha Banks and Bailey feud has been booked two years ago if I told you main roster you're getting Sasha Banks and Bailey you'd go nuts for that I would have now I don't I'm bored care. by it. And it's not because I'm bored by the talent of the two workers. I'm bored by the story that they have 
and I say put story in air quotes that they've been telling us. They've booked it poorly from the beginning, and then it comes back to heel baby face dynamic. They probably dragged it on too long. But this is not about that feud in particular. This is about putting more effort into the creative behind more than just your championship picture. Right, and, and I think the, the the easy solution, right, if I, if I had to sit here and say this is what I would do right away if I had full autonomy over how to fix this problem, which would be a great luxury to have, it, it and, and again, this is gonna this is gonna create an oversaturation problem in and of itself. So I, I understand the drawbacks to an idea like this, but there need to be more titles in the women's division. Sure, I mean, I, I think adding in whether it's again they're gonna need more talent, but adding in a tag team division I don't think would be a bad idea because it's a different story, a different element than what you're telling in your main title feud. But again, I don't know if you necessarily need more titles if you were booked. Feuds well, right? But there you could book two or three women's feuds concurrently that people would enjoy, but they don't. So, but it, just slapping, but poor booking, just slapping another belt on them is not right, going to help. Right, and I get the pitfalls. They might do it, but it's not going to help. Right, there are pitfalls to it because the, the again, this is another example: the first ever women's tag team division. Right, when that runs its course. And we don't get unique feuds, we don't get anything different, and we realize that it's just a label slapped onto something, which, by the way, I hate to break this to everybody, but that has been the case with the first women's Elimination Chamber, the first women's Royal Rumble, the first women's Hell in a Cell, the first women's Money in the Bank. It was just, and I wrote this in the story, and it, I, I did it in a joking, sarcastic manner, but it has been the case. It's been authority figure comes out to open the show, uh, to cut a promo about, authority figure. Uh, about the women, yeah, Stephanie McMahon, and w they talk about women's revolution, evolution, making history. I mean, all the buzzwords you can think of. And then they say, how about we make more history? Boom, insert gimmick here. It's a, it's a, it's a cookie-cutter script yes. that they've applied to every single first that they've done. It's not hard. Go back and watch the YouTube clips of Stephanie McMahon announcing the first Hell in a Cell, the first uh, Elimination Chamber, the first Royal Rumble. It's the same script Every and time, it and it doesn't match the story that's being told in the feud. The Royal and Rumble, in particular, in was, well, that was was the driving exactly. force behind me, kind of being the crusader here of you know being like, hey, you're doing all these great things, but then you're going to run out of options. Yes. You're going to run out of of luxuries here. It, it, it's going back to it's the lack of creativity. Nobody's upset that they're having these first ever. No, I, and they should. It's just that they should be. Worked into feuds a little bit better. You should have had, like and they had the piece of it, like we did the Hell in a Cell thing. You should have had the challenge go out, and then you have everybody trying to talk them out of it, talk them out of it, talk them out of it. Oh, you, you shouldn't do this, shouldn't do this. Why can't I do this? Because I'm a female? And tell that story. And again, it, it would flow a lot na more naturally than this. They just need to simply, as tough, it is, it is, uh, tough as it is for them sometimes, it's tough for you to say. Tough as we speak right now. Yeah. They need to just focus on how do we create a compelling rivalry between a heel and a babyface. And I know that sounds so basic, but that's not, but they're not doing that. They're saying, look at the shiny match structure. Mm -hmm. Look at the shiny structure around the ring. Right. Look at the shiny rules that we're creating. And it's not ever really what the feud is about. Like, remember when Sasha and Bailey had that Iron Woman match in NXT? It mattered. Not because it was the first ever Iron Woman match in NXT. It mattered because the feud was so hot you needed a match of that structure and that caliber to truly pay it off. Because the storyline was, yes, Bailey, you beat me once for a championship. 
but you can't beat me multiple times in the same night. So you can't do it. And I can beat you. Yep. And that, in, and it, for Bailey, it was, I'm going to prove you and everybody else that doubted me wrong. And it was a story that made sense. You knew who the heel was. You knew who the baby face was. You knew the dynamic of everything that was involved. You knew what every, all of the, all of the elements involved you knew. And it just felt as though the gimmick was that yes. extra that brought it over the yes. top. Just like it would for any other feud. And like the, the like Gargano Ciampa feud didn't need the the well, the unsanctioned match. Right. But the story, added, but the story dictated. The that story it made took sense. them there, and that was why they needed it because the story was Gargano was not yes. a member of the roster anymore. So that was the storyline mechanism. I mean, can you imagine if they went to the main they roster feud with an unsanctioned match? match and Gargano was still a member of the company? Like it, like it wouldn't sense. make any sense. That is an example of where the the booking got you to where you needed to go. And, and I think the other issue here, and, and this goes for both the men and the women. When you have pay-per-views that have gimmick names attached to them, you you shoehorn yourself into getting bad somewhere it's a lazy where it doesn't make sense. Charlotte, it's, where it's a bad idea to have these gimmick pay-per-views in general. We knew when Hell in a Cell rolled around, was it two years ago now yeah. when they did that, that there was a lot of buzz around them doing a women's Hell in a Cell. So it literally was, okay, what's the title it's picture? Not, yeah, if we're not doing it now, we're not going to do it, so right. we better just do and, it. And it was a case of where fans could look at the product and say, okay, these are the two people feuding for the title, they're going to go in Hell in a Cell. Yeah. It was easy. You could figure it out. Yes. It wasn't that the story drove you there. And the perfect example that I would bring up is, let's say, take away all of the gimmick pay-per-views. Let's just say they're named Unforgiven, Armageddon, Backlash, yeah, No bad Mercy, blood. Bad Blood, all of them. Put them all in. You put them sold all out. Right. Oh, okay, easy there. Easy with the sold out. You put all these... The, you, all your pay-per-views don't have gimmick names. Bash the Beach. Great American Bash. Let's say you kind of go through this course and there is a legitimate... There's six people that want a shot at the championship. Yeah. Whereas when Elimination Chamber rolls around, we know, okay, they're going to do an Elimination and Chamber match. it feels match. like they force one or two competitors right. that don't really deserve to be in that picture based on what they've been doing on TV into the match. Because you have to force this gimmick. And instead, let your book get there. And the only reason they have to force it is because they put themselves there. Well, yeah, it's their own fault. So to, to bring this back here, they are doing the same thing with slapping the label on these firsts, right? And I think they are going to continue to do that with the first main event of WrestleMania. Now, what's going to help them is the two people, right? The two people involved have enough buzz and enough appeal, mainstream appeal around them, specifically in the case of Ronda Rousey, to where they will elevate and rise above just that label being slapped on it. Rise above hate. But, but but after that, Jamie, after we get to May of 2019, I got nothing left. There's nothing in the box anymore. If they spend half as much time on the creative for the entire women's division that they do for trying to get Roman Reigns over as a babyface, the division will be just fine. Right, and, and the, the, the finishing touch on my piece, and I, I know you read it because you edited it, I thought my final sentence, my final paragraph, was, was probably the best part of the story. They talk about this women's revolution, this women's evolution, in a very... PR, oh, absolutely. A very, very self-serving, a very self-serving, yes. And they use that term "women's revolution" as a buzzword. Of if they took a step back and looked at what they were doing here, and took the necessary steps to actually go beyond, because again, perfect example. After Sasha and and Bailey have their feud for the title or whatever the case may be, then they just move on, and there's no follow-up. The WWE doesn't know how to follow up like they do in the men's division. I don't know why. If they were able to put that effort in, there would be buzz around when people come in, and you'd actually...
actually have a women's revolution that you can be proud of. Here's the thing. They're trying too hard to make this a PR stunt at times. They have the talent on the roster. To have an actual revolution of professional wrestling. And they're actively hurting them by trying to shoehorn everybody into these first scenarios. Right. By trying to make this a PR-driven narrative, they are taking away from what could be a wrestling and sports entertainment changing movement that which, they have. Which, by proxy, would give them the PR they so desperately desire. Right. By, by, by making it a PR statement, they've actually hurt their ability to get great PR. They've, st- they've stunted the growth of the women's division by doing what they're doing. They haven't killed it by any means, but they have stunted it. No, but all you have to do is look at NXT and see what they're doing. Yes. And it's it's I, I don't think it's, you know, you look at the dots connected and a lot of people want to give look, Triple H a lot of credit. It's, it's as simply as this. Every, aside from Asuka, every single woman that has come up to the, from the NXT to the main roster in the last two years has gotten instantly colder. And uh, we're almost getting there with Asuka. The streak is over. No, and but, 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 but when she came up. Oh, okay, fair. Yes, I, yes, I can't yes. blame this on their transition. She's been out for two years now. But like, I'm starting to like. I love Ember Moon. I don't feel a lot of a lot of fire behind no. Ember Moon's character right I now. I see it's what you did there. Fault. Fire because her name's Ember. Yeah, Ember. That's yeah. really good. Uh, I think she was Money in the Bank, by the way. She should. I, I think that's. I think that's a, a great you place to start. Like what they've done with Bailey since she came off. No, but, I, but I, again, you look at all of these names. This I, it, Sasha Banks. I don't think anybody, anybody in the professional wrestling space can tell me that Sasha Banks is a better character and a more over character than she was she in NXT. She should be the number one female hero in the company. It shouldn't be close, and yet they do not have her doing that. They're, the boss is gone. The boss is gone. It's anybody a, who watched the it, boss character in NXT. That character's gone. It's a buzzword. And it's guess what. It's not Sasha's fault. It is a buzzword, and 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 that is when you when you boil down this woman's revolution, you can boil it down to it is a buzzword. It hasn't been boss time in three years, and that's the problem. And, and so when I when I see news about you know some of the the biggest names in women's wrestling coming to WWE, there's part of me that immediately gets really excited, and it's like wow, this is going to be a big moment. And then there's that little little part of me in the back of my head that goes, wait a minute. They really haven't done a good job so far, and NXT is a separate case. And I put a, a lot of people want to give credit to Triple H, uh, Sarah Amato. Yes, it's just yes. been fantastic down there in terms of you know really being a, a not only the, an assistant head coach in NXT, but one of the main producers and, and has a lot and has her hands in a lot of the Absolutely. women's she, matches. She is, she is the, the the queen of the revolution, and and you, you, you that is the person that I want to put a lot of the 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 praise on for where we where we've gotten because we have made a lot of strides in this in terms of, of women's wrestling becoming a major part. And honestly, at times, when you look at the grand landscape of wrestling right now, some of the better wrestling matches and better wrestlers are over in stardom and are over in, in shimmer. And a lot of these women's wrestling promotions are across the world. So this is not something that's some like niche thing. That, no. that This is something that is an important process. And WWE seems to just be not going about and it the, the right re- way. And the real payoff for all this comes 10, 15, 20 years down the road where people that are growing up and women that are growing up and are watching this and going, okay, I can be this. I can be a wrestler. I'm not here to be a basically a sports model entertainer. On, How dare you? A model on television. I'm here to actually be an athletic competitor. And that's, that's not only uh, encouraged... But can be successful, and that's why the Nia Jax story was so cool, yes. and, and I enjoyed so parts of it. Is doing good things here; they're just not taking full advantage of it, and it's their own fault. Right, it is their own fault, and, and you're going to hear me say say this a lot here when we talk about what the future holds for the next six to eight months, because it's a philosophy and it's a take that I absolutely believe in. This company is about to get paid close to four hundred million dollars a year for just their television rights, which is going to be a vastly bigger number than what they are getting paid in the year 2018 for TV rights, and it is a five-year deal. 
because they have that financial security both from both Fox and from most likely NBC Universal in the case of Monday Night Raw, there are opportunities and avenues for this company to take quote unquote risks. And I use that term loosely because it is not a risk to put an emphasis on women's wrestling when you have Ronda Rousey in your company. You are going to get and buzz Charlotte. and mainstream appeal yes, easy. But just, I mean, just Ronda yes. gives you enough to where you can take the risk, and I use air quotes again, where Charlotte has mainstream appeal. Sasha has mainstream appeal. Bailey has mainstream appeal. I mean, it's not hard to look at this and see that you have the major players, you have the people that can go on the Today Show, that can go do the media circuits and, and do what you want them to do and be that front-facing person for your company. So, so you have all this money and you have the ability to take these opportunities, so do it. Yes. So turn, and, and, and again, Monday Night Raw is going to be the test case for me because I don't think they're going to be able to do a whole lot of experimenting on Fox. Monday Night Raw can be sort of the experimental the chamber, right? The test chamber for a lot of these different things where you can make it a wrestling-driven show or a storyline-driven show and really allow storylines to cultivate over multiple weeks and actually tell genuine yep. stories other than, I don't like you, you don't like me, let's fight. And that's a problem across the whole board. We'll see if they actually do it. And that's going to be the big thing. So with Money in the Bank coming around the corner, what do we have, two weeks or so? Yeah. I, I, I'm very... I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm in the mode yet, because as you know, I'm not going to be here for money in the bank. That's true. You're going to be on the water. So I'm going to be in, floating. Uh, I, on the water is not really the term that I would use. In, in the, the water. water would be the term. I'm going on a cruise, yes. so I'm not going to have internet access. Yes. So not n- the Jared cruise. But no. A cruise. No takeover for me. Yes. No money in the bank for me. Dominion is the weekend that I leave. Yes. I should be able to sneak in this 18-hour show on the day before the cruise leaves. Hopefully. But... There is a chance that when I come back onto land, yes. I will know nothing about CM Punk's fight at you at you uh, in Chicago. I will know nothing about Takeover, yeah. and I will know nothing about Money in the Bank. How quickly before I step off the boat and have service does something get spoiled for me? Uh, the, the second that happens. The second my phone can yes. receive text messages yes. because it's going to be you texting me all the spoilers. No, I won't do it because I don't want. I, I am a good friend. I have warned everybody to not spoil anything for me. So that, that's why I just text you like OMG and then with no comment. So for me. I'm sitting here two weeks out, out for Money in the Bank, and I'm not as hyped as I normally would be yeah. because I know I have to wait even longer to yeah. watch the show, so I'm not in that mode yet. So uh, Monday Night Raw tonight, last thing I want to uh, leave everybody with here. Jamie, how low are Raw's ratings tonight up against Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals and Game 1 of the Stanley Cup? I think there's a very strong chance it's one of their lowest-rated shows of the year. Does, the lowest does SmackDown beat them in the ratings this week? Yes. Wow, he's going out. Okay. Uh, the main event of SmackDown tomorrow night, maybe we'll get into this tomorrow, Daniel Bryan Samoa Joe on WWE television. Yes. Think about that uh, as your... I as think that I think if you watch Raw tonight, you're going to see the punt of the show. Uh, yes. I, I, they're, they're doing a women's gauntlet match. So talk yes. about this women's revolution, a women's gauntlet match. Uh, we'll see if, it, if it's anything like the men's gauntlet match that went over an hour, an hour and a we half that we were there live for. So everybody enjoy Monday Night Raw tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow.